0: No one is like you All praise belongs to you Holy One No one is like you Cause no one is like you No one is like you And nations rise to sing Your beautiful song No one is like you no one is like you, all praise belongs to you, Holy One.
1: So, maybe you're thinking about making some big changes or setting some ambitious goals for yourself. Maybe you want to lose 20 pounds or read through the Bible. Maybe you want to run a marathon or repair a broken relationship. Whatever your big goal is, the temptation is to expect to go straight from here to here or from here to here. The reality is there are a lot of small steps between big decisions and big results. Challenges and obstacles await. At some point, you might even want to quit. But stand firm. Don't be disappointed with slow progress. Don't be overwhelmed by the destination. Rather, focus on what you can do today. Skip dessert. Read a chapter. Go for a run. Make a phone call. The more difficult the journey, the more rewarding the destination. And it can all start today with just one small step.
0: Amen. A lot of truth in that. One small step you can get going today, and so uh, that's what I'm excited about. Every new year uh, gives us that opportunity, kind of start new. And uh, I don't, I don't know what it, it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are every every it's a new year it's a new week and today is the first Sunday and so we've been emphasizing kind of for the last couple weeks uh, upstairs and uh, down here as well taking that step of Bible reading and so if you look on your uh, on your course sheet there uh, it says 2013 reading plan click here there's Bible reading plans back there there are ESV Bibles, thin line Bibles for only ten bucks. I mean, it's just unbelievable that we live in a country with the abundance of the Word of God. Again, the problem is not resources for American Christians. The problem is a lack of will and a lack of obedience. So you can get those Bibles are ten dollars. There is a apologetics Bible back there, hardbound apologetics Bible, great for students, actually great for anyone uh, that is only fifteen dollars. And the other devotional plans are back there. Some of you ordered some. They're in. You can pick those up. And uh, so check it out. Also, if you want to do online stuff, it's kind of hard to show online stuff. But if you look down there at the bottom, you can Google the following, UVersion.com, Tons of plans. One week plans. One month. You know, you say one step, overwhelmed by the destination, and then try, I'm going to read the Bible for one week. This first, secondly, second week of the year, I'm going to read for a week or I'm going to read for a month. And once you do that, you realize, hey, God's working in my life. If I'm disciplined at this, this is a joy. I can accomplish this. And then also Bible in 90 Days is there. If you Google Discipleship Journal Bible Reading Plans, you'll come to a site that has all sorts of plans, including this one that we've already printed out for you, the most flexible Bible reading plan in the world and then also if you go to our own website go under ministries discipleship there's an online resource page that you can click on that can take you to all sorts of ways and online places resources that we've already dug out for you to help you know Christ grow in Christ show Christ and go with Christ and you need to take advantage of that also if you'll Google reading the Bible in 2013 Justin Taylor if you Google that You'll find a website that has more information than you could ever dream of to help you in this area. We're talking about taking one small step to move forward in our Christian lives. And so, to help you do that for the next uh, seven weeks, what I want to do is talk about surrendering to win. Surrendering to win, and we're going to do a study of Proverbs 3. Now, to get you going thinking on that and make sure you're awake... I want to ask you, what comes to your mind when you hear the word surrender? Just kind of talk there to your table. What comes to mind? Just quickly pop it out. Tell your neighbor. What comes to mind when you hear the word surrender? (laughs) Surrender. Okay, what are some of the ideas that come to your mind? What? White White flag. What else? What are some other ideas? I can't hear you. Shout it out. Weakness. Weakness, Yes. What else? Do I? Total commitment. commitment. What else? Giving Giving up. What about defeat? Losing? Humiliation? Even punishment. Surrender. On the other side of surrender can be punishment, right? Consequences. What comes to your mind when you hear winner? Glory. Glory. Yeah, winner. Chiefs, Royals, those are the first thing that come to your mind, I understand. What else? What else? What else? Future time. I'm excited. Marty, uh, Marty Schottenheimer, Glory Days are coming back. And we may actually accomplish the goal. Uh, what else? What else? Winner, victory, joy, reward. Here's the Here's the irony, and it's a biblical paradox, seemingly impossible, that... In order to win in God's eyes, we have to surrender to win. And it may feel like defeat. It may feel like hum- it may humble us or feel like humiliation. It, 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 it will include loss, but on the other side is winning, the victory, the glory, the reward, the goals, the good things. The key is you got to surrender to win. Because here's the deal: Sur- surrendering to win is a biblical paradox, and it's the pathway. It's the pathway to being a winner in God's eyes Uh, it's all through the Bible the way to save your life is how you got to give it away if you want to lose your life then hang on to that thing and hang on to it tight Uh, if you want to gain more Pastor Bruce is going to be preaching on uh, generosity and giving if you want to gain more Bible says you got to give it away it's that kind of a paradox the way up in God's eyes is the way down Descending into greatness. That's just how the Bible works. We become great in God's eyes by becoming small enough to serve others. So, surrendering to win. That's what we're going to learn how to do. And we're going to learn how to do it from the book of Proverbs. So, let me give you a little overview of the book of Proverbs. So, as we go through it in the weeks to come, you're kind of aware Proverbs is a great place to start your Bible reading. If you want to get into God's Word quickly and have it be practical, Book of Proverbs. It's part of the wisdom literature of the Bible. There's five poetical books. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. In fact, on the most flexible Bible plan in the world, you can just take one of these categories and it will take you through all that literature. So if you're saying, man, reading the whole Bible, reading four different places, that's too much. Well, that's why this is the most flexible plan, because on column, which one is it? Column three of this, it'll take you every day. You'll be in the scriptures on a regular basis, but it will take you through these books of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. Now, what will you gain From these books. What what kind of attitude do we need to come at it with? Look at look in your notes. It says, Wisdom books reveal the heart of a life surrendered to God. The wisdom books reveal the heart of a life surrendered to God. These books are full of poetry, proverbs, poems, and songs. Poetry is the language of the heart, and it reveals the innermost thoughts of people. More than their outer deeds. So, as you read through these books and you read through Proverbs, it, it, it gets to the heart of people. It shows you what people think and how they live and how they feel and how they relate to God and how they relate to their problems from a heart that is surrendered to God. If you ever talk to anybody, and several of you in this room, I'm sure, could testify to this, that when you're going through hard times, people God's people throughout history when they have gone through hard times they turn to the book of psalms why because they're brokenhearted and you can hear David's brokenness in those songs you can identify when you're low when you're down when you're feeling far from God man the place to go are these kind of books because you will your heart will resonate with the heart of God's people i like to think of these books they're like a body scan at the airport. Okay, nobody likes that at the airport, but it reveals everything. It's like a CT scan at the hospital. What's going on on the inside? I don't know. We've got to see. We've got to see what's going on. Well, if you go to these books, and especially as, you read, as we read through Proverbs, it's like getting a, a heart scan, a CT scan that's going to reveal, okay, what's really in my heart? What's really going on inside of there? They reveal what's really going on on the inside. Third thing I want you to see about Proverbs, it's all about gaining wisdom. Proverbs is all about gaining wisdom. So we're going to get wisdom on how to surrender to win. Now, wisdom, I got a little definition there for you, very biblical, simple definition of wisdom. The skill of living life from God's perspective. Skill for living life from God's perspective. Chuck Swindoll Uh, TV, radio, megachurch pastor, called his ministry Insights for Living. And he knew why he did that. He did that because he wants to impart the wisdom of God's Word. Insights for Living. That's a great definition of Proverbs. Now, notice what it says. How can I learn to live life from God's perspective? Well, skill in living life from God's perspective comes from fearing God. It comes from fearing God. Turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 1. Now, I just want us to read the first seven verses. Proverbs chapter 1 sets the tone for the rest of the book. comes right before chapter 3 where we'll be spending our time in the weeks to come. And it really answers this question. How can I learn to live God' life from God's perspective? Let's look at Proverbs 1. Let's read verses 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David... King of Israel. And here's what you're going to get. To know wisdom and instruction. To understand words of insight. To receive instruction in wise dealing. In righteousness, justice, and equity. Man, these are the thing our culture longs for. These are the things that people elect presidents to achieve. And yet here you have it from the king of kings, the greatest ruler of all. It's right here. To give prudence to the simple. That means discernment. Knowledge and discretion to the youth. You want your your kids, your grandkids, uh, your children to have wisdom, then you're going to have to get them in the book of Proverbs. Let the wise hear and increase in learning. See, even the wisest person here, can learn to be wiser and the one who understands obtain guidance to understand a proverb and a saying the words of the wise and their riddles and then here's the the theme of the whole book the fear of the lord is the beginning of knowledge fools despise wisdom and instruction in a sense what he's saying there the fear of the lord is simply surrendering our lives to him hey He's God. That's scary. I better draw near to him so that he can structure my life, so he can change my life, so that he can order my life. Now, I look at Proverbs like a GPS. Basically, by reading Proverbs, you get this global positioning system so that you know where you are in life, where you ought to go, and it directs you along the way. And when you go off course, it'll help you recalculate. And when you don't know where to go, it'll find you the location. It will give you God's overall perspective on life and say, Well, here's you, and here's where you need to be, and here's the direction that you need to go. Now, one more thing about Proverbs, and it's there in your notes. Proverbs are short, pithy statements of truth. Short, pithy statements of truth. They are not absolute promises. They are not absolute promises from God, but they're God-given principles to see life from God's perspective so that we live life from God's perspective. So when it says in Proverbs, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it, that's not a promise. Sometimes kids do depart from it. Sometimes they don't ever return. But that's not the idea. It's not promising. It's a principle. The principle is this, that if you will guide your children when they are young and consistently do that as long as they're under your roof, the odds are that they will respond then to God's wisdom when they have their own choices to make. Train up a child in the way they will go, and the principle is they will typically follow God and not depart from those ways. But it's not an absolute promise. But it's just God's wisdom. There's all sorts of things in Proverbs that, that, that say different things, and you're like, well, that's not always true. But the principle is always true. And so we need to keep that in mind. And I'll draw that out more as we go through the, the, through the, through the, uh, through the lessons. I want to say this, because there are parents here. The book of Proverbs is God's parenting ma- manual for those who want to raise their kids to live life from God's perspective? Turn over to chapter three, where our series is going to be focused on, and look at the first two. Look at the first verse, Proverbs three one, and this is what, especially Proverbs one through nine. Proverbs one through nine is really focused on parenting, in in a sense, or raising kids, or or getting uh, wisdom as God's child. Notice Proverbs Proverbs 3.1, My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my commandments. My son. Now, there's a lot of ways we can apply that. My son, we can look at it from a parenting angle, from a literal physical, talking to your kids, and as a young person, listening to your parents. But there's also the spiritual angle. God is our Heavenly Father. We are His children. And so when we're reading this, whether you're single or married have kids kids out of the house it doesn't matter who you are this morning if you know jesus as your savior and lord then you're a child of god and god is literally speaking his wisdom into you if you'll read this book some of you say man i didn't have godly parents in fact i i didn't even have both parents in fact I don't even know my birth parents at all. Where am I? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm behind the eight ball for the rest of my life. And that's not true. When you come to God, you have a heavenly father and he's ready to speak to his wisdom into your life. The question you have today is, am I going to listen? Am I going to listen? And am I going to surrender to win? So today, all I want to do is give you three simple reasons to listen to the rest of this series. To not only listen to it, but to start this new year out applying it to your life. I want to give you three reasons from Proverbs 3 of why you should surrender to win. Let me give you the first one. Here it is. Three reasons why surrendering is a wise move. Surrender is God's path to lifelong success. Surrender is God's path. Okay, We start out by saying, whoa, surrendering. We had a lot of negative words. You know, uh, humiliation, loss, you know, failure, punishment. So our, our flesh doesn't want to surrender anything. We want to fight for whatever. Okay, I don't have much, but I'm going to fight for what I've got, and I'm going to hang on to it. But if you'll surrender it, if you'll surrender it, it you, you'll get on God's path to lifelong success. Well, let's look at Proverbs 3. Look at verses 2, 3, and 4. And let's look at what it says. After it's saying, my son, listen to me, it says this. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. This is God's path to lifelong success, surrendering to him, fearing him. Jump down to verses 13. Let's look at verses 13 through 18. Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. Blessed, for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing, nothing, nothing you desire can compare with her long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor her ways are ways of pleasantness man coming out of last year i bet you there are some of us that would like a more pleasant new year a little more pleasantness a little more success a little more peace a little more joy and all her paths are peace She is a tree of life to those who lay hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. 13 begins with blessed, 18 ends with blessed. Now, in those verses, I see seven seven, uh, uh, results of surrendering our lives to God. Surrendering ourselves to living God's way results in these seven rewards or these seven results. And And I think I even listed them for you. But let's take them one by one, because this is just huge. The first one is what? Read it to me. Longer life. Longer life. Notice verse 2, for length of days. Now, right here, we see this idea that Proverbs is not a promise, but a principle, right? Because how many godly people do you know have died young? Yeah, Jim Elliott, the five martyrs uh, missionary. I mean, there's all sorts of godly, wise men and women who did not have a long life. So this is a principle. Doesn't mean it's wrong. Doesn't mean you should ignore it, because those men and women are living for eternity with God, though their earthly life was short. So you've got to understand that this is a principle for life now, but it, but it is a promise for life hereafter, and it works in both sides. So length of days. Now, it's not always, but it's the case. Living life from God's perspective will potentially lead to a longer life. And why is this? Sin is deadly and it's destructive. It's deadly and it's destructive. Always has been, always will be. We need to be reminded of that on a repeated basis. Because what does the flesh, what does the devil want us to think? That we can sin a little and what? Get away with it. We can just sin a little, and there won't be any consequences. In fact, in fact, I can sin a lot, but if I manage it well, I will avoid death. And that's exactly what Satan wants you to think. Remember in Genesis 3.15, the very first warning, or in Genesis 3, the very uh, first warning, Genesis 2, rather. Genesis 2, the very first warning God gives about sin is this. The day you eat, you will surely what? You will die. And what's the first lie that Satan said? No, you won't. And that's the temptation. That's the struggle we all have. But listen, if you will surrender to to win in the weeks to come, odds are you're going to have a longer life. It just makes sense. I mean, so many people die. You know, watch the news. When people get in trouble, my first question is, what were they doing there in the first place? Right? Right? So much of death, early death, shootings, and all those things comes from being in the wrong places, doing the wrong things, at the wrong times, and it leads to a shorter life. It's just, that is. Overindulgence in eating, overindulgence in smoking, overindulgence in drinking, all of these things lead to what? A shorter life. Proverbs... You know, it's true, isn't it? You want a longer life? Surrender those habits. Break those habits. Don't go into the new year doing the crazy things that the world does. All it does is lead to a shorter life. So, if you want a longer life, surrender to win. Number two. What number two says? Read it together. Better a better life. You want a better life? Hey, it's one thing to have a long life, but if it's not a better life, I don't want to live a long life. Okay? so A lot of people want to die. A lot of people literally commit suicide why because they don't want to live any longer so just having a longer life is just one reward but if that life isn't a better life then what is it look at verse two for length it will add length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you so it's a better life long life can be a blessing or a curse what makes the difference is this how those years are lived and what is filling those years What filled 2012? What are you going to have fill 2013? Anybody here ready to say, I am glad 2012 is gone? You bet. You bet. You bet. Randy, are you glad 2013 is here? Yeah, we're glad you're here with us. Years of life living from God's perspective will potentially lead to a better life now the word for peace here is the Jewish Hebrew word shalom now we think of peace we think of being able to sit on my couch and uh, sit my tea and watch my program and the phone doesn't ring okay that's what we think of peace we think of peace as the kids being gone we think of the peace as our spouse being gone we, we think of peace as just being alone and doing no interruptions. But the, but the word peace here, that surrender will add to your life, is so much fuller than that. It talks about a satisfying and fully fulfilling life that's lived in God's presence with God's protection and with God's provision abundant to you. It's, it, it's living in the, in the presence of God. He's going to protect He's going to provide, and he's there with you. Now, the enemy may come. Israel was always under attack. There was always stuff going on, but God was there. Shalom, shalom, peace, fullness, satisfaction. It's only found in a personal relationship with Christ, the prince of peace, the prince of shalom, the prince of satisfaction. Do you realize that after Christ rose from the dead, you know what his number one greeting was? It was this. Peace. Man, I'm here. Satisfaction has come. Fulfillment is available. Protection is here. Unity. Deliverance. It's all here. It's in me and my resurrection at power. Wouldn't it be great to have greater satisfaction in your daily life this year? How about in your married life how about a little shalom in your family life your work life some of us need to understand that our spiritual life should be full of satisfaction and and joy well you can have it if you'll surrender to win number three what's the third benefit or reward of surrendering say it together A freer life. A freer life. Notice what it says in verse 4. So you will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. You'll find favor. Favor is the active kindness of God and others showed to people in need. Okay, favor is when, when uh, when you lack resources, someone gives it to you. You found favor. When you need a helping hand to get up, Somebody helps you. That's favor. That's the kind of idea, the kind of guidance, g- kindness that we need. Those who wisely surrender their lives to God will receive from Him generous amounts of divine help in time of need. Okay? Now, let me give you some Old Testament guys and lady that found favor. The, the Bible says Joseph found favor. He found favor from God through Potiphar and Pharaoh. Okay, when he was down in the pits, he found favor from the guy who had the key to the jail. He found favor from the guy who ruled all the land. Moses found favor before God in his time of need in the wilderness. He brought him food when there was no food. He brought him water when there was no water. Noah found favor. God's going to judge the whole earth Destroy every living thing, and Noah finds favor. You talk about needing some generosity and some help? Because Noah was no better than everyone else. But he found favor, and he surrendered his life, and it saved it. Ruth found favor in the eyes of Boaz in her time of need. She was a widow, she was helpless. She was a foreigner. She was in a place that was disconnected from everything around her. And God used Boaz to help her in her time of need. David found favor in the eyes of many in his times of need. A surrendered life will be rewarded with greater grace to meet needs, overcome obstacles, and endure hard times. It's not only having your deepest needs met, but it's the freedom to desire, delight, and do what is pleasing to God. How's your want to? How's your spiritual want to? How was it in 2012? Did you want to do the things that delight and please God? If you want more of that desire, if you want more of that delight, then you've got to surrender to win. It's a wise move. Number four, what's the fourth blessing? A fuller life. Okay, a fuller life. Some of you are saying, I don't need a fuller life. I'm trying to empty my schedule. Okay, but we're not talking about that. We're not talking about busyness. Notice verse four. So you will find favor and good success. Circle those words, good success, in the sight of God and man. Here's the idea. Proverbs 13, 15 says, Good sense wins favor. Both God and others will perceive that you are living a way that pleases God and is respected by others. You'll gain a reputation of having sanctified common sense that God rewards and others respect. Here's the idea of a fuller life. Not everybody's going to want to be wise like you are. Not everybody's going to want to surrender like you are. Not everyone's going to want to follow like you do. But here's the deal. They'll see that your life is fuller. They'll respect that, though they won't join you in that. They may mock you. They may ridicule you. They may even reject you, but they reject you with a respect that you have something that they don't have. You've got to understand, the unsaved world and the world in general is hostile to our shalom they're hostile to our fullness they don't like that you can abstain from drunkenness that you can abstain from immorality and indulging yourself that you can abstain that you can control your speech and not utter a profanity every other word that irritates them because your life is full without that See, so many of the people that we're around, they, they have to have those things to have a sense of control and a sense of security and a sense of satisfaction. And all of a sudden they see you and they're like, that makes them feel, that convicts them. It makes them feel guilty and they're going to react to that. But at the same time, we've all had the experience of the respect, right? I, I mean, I ho- first of all, I hope that we, 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 we can control our speech. And when we do, and we do it out of the joy and out of the favor of God, they begin to respect that. You ever had someone say, oh, they, they cuss in front of you and say, oh, I'm sorry. Well, that's because they see a fullness in your life. They see a difference in your life, okay? And, of course, the greater offense is to God, not to me. And that's the kind of things I say. Well, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're concerned about me, and I appreciate that and appreciate that you continue to do that, but please understand that there's one greater than I that, that that you give account for your speech to. Number five. What's another reward? Say it with me. A higher life. A higher life. A higher life. Look at verses 4 and 18. Uh, again, Chuck Swindoll calls Proverbs vertical wisdom for horizontal living. Look at verse 4. You will find favor and good success in the sight of God and man. God and man. The God part is the higher life. Look at verse 18. She is a tree of life. To those who lay hold of her. Those who hold fast are called blessed. Here's, here's the deal. You're going to live at a level that other people long to but never get to. Wisdom gives you that divine perspective. To You'll think in ways that they won't think. You'll feel things that others won't feel. You'll see things from God's perspective that others won't see. And you'll just live life from a higher perspective. Now, that can be a great that's a great responsibility and that can bring greater sadness. That can bring a greater sense of oh my lord I see life from your perspective and things are really going wrong but you also see him from his perspective that he's in control and that his ways are good and lord I'm going to surrender more and I'm going to encourage others to do that. Here's number 6. Say it with me. A richer life. A richer life. Notice what it says? Um, In verses 13 through 15, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver. And that's not hard to imagine, although the stock market is up and then it's down and then it's up and then it's down. How about some investing in wisdom so that what's up is always up and the return is always guaranteed? What do you think? There you go. Now, who doesn't want to be rich? But here's the reality. Greater wealth can bring greater stress, greater strife, greater anxiety. It's the other side of going to the casino that no everybody tells you about how much they won. How many people come up and say, "Hey, I just lost $500." You know, no one ever tells you what they lost. They tell you what they won. They always lose more than they win. The house always wins. Okay? The lottery they never tell you what happens to the lottery winner after they get the money they just have the big smile with the big check but they don't tell you how it tears their family up how it how they overindulge how they just go off the deep end and it ruins their life but there's a kind of wealth that's better than that if you'll surrender to win you'll get rich in the things that money can't buy see that's the idea Don't tell me what your bank account is. Tell me what your life account is. Tell me how rich are you in the things that money can't buy. For instance, money cannot buy you a longer life. Right? Money can't buy you a better life. Money can't buy you a freer life a fuller life, a higher life. See, all these things that we've been talking about, money can't buy those things. And in fact, often money can get in the way of enjoying those things. It's not money that is the root of all kinds of evils. It's the love of money. Hebrews 13, 5 says, Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said... I will never leave you nor forsake you. We'll talk more about that in one of the lessons. Number seven, what's the seventh reward or result? A what? A happier life. A happier life. Now now say it with a smile. Say it again, but say it with a smile. Oh, see, it's just everything sounds better with a smile. It just sounds better that way. Okay, a happier life. Look at verse 13. Begins with blessed. Verse 18 ends with blessed. Uh, God's trying to get our attention. And and, and here's the profound spiritual meaning of blessed. There's two words for blessed in the Hebrew Bible, in the Hebrew. And this is the word that means happy. 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 Now, I won't talk much about it because upstairs you're going to hear all about how to be happy in spite of circumstances. But... I mean, aren't you glad you're here on the first Sunday of the new year? Is this what you guys want? Do you want this? Well, then you've got to surrender to win. So come for the next six weeks, and we're going to learn how to surrender in different areas of our life. Some of it's going to be uncomfortable, it's going to feel like loss, it's going to be scary. But on the other side, you're going to have these seven things. You can live longer, better, freer, fuller, higher, richer, and happier. So the first reason why we should surrender to win is it's God's path to lifelong success. Amen? All right, now here's the second reason. Surrender is God's solution to long-term problem solving. Long-term problems. Audra, give me a, a pen here. Run me up a pen here. Long-term problem solving. There's basically four basic ways to deal with problems, okay? So you've got the four ways. Let me give them to you, and you can fill in the blanks. Number one, try to avoid or ignore them. Try to avoid... Thank you. Try to avoid or ignore them. You ever done that? You know, here's the problem, and whoop, whoop. Oh, that was easy, right? You ever done that? But look in your notes. All that does, that problem then is still up here and now it's been multiplied are you with me that's one way to try to deal with our problems how'd that work for you in 2013 2012 uh, how'd it work i can guarantee you how it worked you've got more problems facing you in 2013 the second way is to allow them to deflect us from our goals to deflect them deflect us from here, here's what you know a lot of us are like hey well, we got avoiders and then we got controllers. Okay, so the avoiders doesn't work. Now the controllers do this. The problem, and they're like, "Woo, woo! I got a problem! I got a problem! I got woo!" And then off they go. All right, I'm gonna control that problem. I'm gonna deal with that problem. i I'm, I'm, I'm. Look at my problem. In fact, how you doing? Well, let me tell you, I got a problem. Okay, how was last year? I had problems. How's this year gonna be? Oh, I'm gonna have problems. And that's just you know, and 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 it's like, well, where's your goals? What are you aiming for? I know, I just got problems. I just got problems, and you're all deflected here. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, as a pastor, if you work with people, if you're discipling people, you, walk, you meet some people, and you walk away, and you're brokenhearted for them because every time you talk to them, they're saying the same stuff, dealing with the same stuff, having the same approach to the same stuff. We all got problems that won't ever leave our lives. First of all, did you realize this is? If, if you're looking for Joel Osteen, you don't get it here. Okay, so we all got problems, and we got problems that are never going to leave our lives. We got problem people that are never going to leave our lives. We got problem hangups in my own personality and life that are never going to go away. So if all I do is I, if I'm waiting to have a problem-free life to have victory and serve Jesus, forget it. Instead, you know, all it's doing is 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 uh, deflecting you away from your goals. (coughs) Number three, you got avoiders, you got controllers, then you got people that just surrender in the wrong way. We can view them as hopeless and give up. Okay, here we go. Some of you I know can relate to this, like my wife. They see a problem, whoo! I just going to give up. That's too big. Reason I say this is a family joke. Gwen, growing up, her sister's given her some psychological testing and said, When you see a problem, or I don't know how to go, something like you see a wall, you see a wall, how big is it? Well, you know, imagine a wall. Just imagine it. Okay? When Gwen imagines it, it's as high, it, you can't see the end of it, and you can't see the, the you know, it, it, you, there's no end to it. Now, some of you, when you imagine a wall, it's two feet feet high and you just, you know, jump over that thing. You know, you imagine a wall. But for Gwen, it's just big. It's big. And that's just, you know. And so some of us are that way. And and by the way, us, the three-foot wall guys, eventually God will put a wall like what Gwen imagines. and, and, And we all come to this point at some point. Agreed? Yeah. So we all do all these things. Number four. Here's here's how you surrender to win. Number four, here's what wisdom says. Surrender and work through them to a godly solution. I started too far over. Surrender and work through them to a godly solution. Now, why do we avoid that? It's scary. What else? It's hard. What else? Painful, hard, painful... How about impossible without God's help? See, I can do this without God's help. I can do this without God's help. I can do this without God's help. But if I'm going to do this and really work through it in a way that glorifies God and is wise according to his perspective, then it's impo- I have to walk with him through the process. I have to surrender to win. So, 2012... 2012, it's in the books, but are you bringing into 2013 the wrong way? What is your what is your um, what is your solution for problem solving? Well, th- and, and by the way, it says long term problem solving. There's another reason why we don't like this. It takes time. In fact, it may take your whole life. You mean i got to work through this for the rest of my life? Hello, we have a sin nature in a fallen world with people that we can't control. Yeah. Now, I just burst some of your bubble right there. I want to come and hear how to have a happy new year. Well, we're going to have a holy and a happy new year. Takes time. Surrender is active, not passive. Surrendering is active, Not passive. If you look at verse 1, look look at what verse 1 says. Don't forget. It takes remembering things. We're going to talk upstairs about remembering. It takes memorizing. It takes meditating. Look at verse 3. Let not steadfast love and faithfulness forsake you. In other words, don't don't you forsake it. Look at verse 3. Bind them around your neck. Surrender has to do with daily living. You take it with you. By, if, if I tie something around my neck, if I, I tie this bottle around my neck for and, 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 for, and let it t- stay around my neck for the rest of the year, where's it going to go with me? It's going to go everywhere I go. Listen, our goal is not to get you just to read through the Bible. Bo- now, that I I have no I have no problem asking Christians to read God's owner's manual. My goodness. How are we going to live from God's perspective if we've never read it? So I have no problem with asking people to read. But that's not where we want you to stay. You read so that you can take it with you, tie it around your neck, and everywhere you go, God's word goes with you. So we don't read it in the morning, check it off, shut it, and then forget about it. We bind it around our neck. We write them on the tablet of your heart. That's my desire. There's devotional Bibles over there. You know, sometimes, well, I just want to read the Bible. Well, read the Bible, but also help someone get it written on your heart. You know, the Holy Spirit does that, but he also uses tools to do so. So get a hold of that. If I could summarize a surrendered life down to one sentence, it would be Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Here's what I want you to memorize for the next seven weeks. For the next seven weeks, no excuses. Next seven weeks, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart, in all your ways, acknowledge him. I'm sorry, trust in the Lord with all your heart by by not leaning. I'm reading some other translation. I've got this thing memorized. My problem's not that I don't have it memorized. I've got it memorized in three translations and Chris's paraphrase to boot. (laughs) And that's okay. That's okay. I don't care what translation you use, but trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And He will make your path straight. Go for it, folks. That's a surrendered life. Acknowledge Him. Acknowledge Him in all your ways. Okay, number three. Surrender is God's way to lasting success. It's God's way to lasting success in His eyes. In eternity past, the Son surrendered Himself to the Father in His will. Proverbs 2 tells us the story. He laid aside the glories of heaven. He laid aside being worshipped by millions and millions of angels. And he came down here and he was treated like an ordinary man, like a slave, like a prisoner. The son surrendered himself to the father and his will in eternity past. Here on earth, the son surrendered his will to do the father's will. What did he pray in the garden? Not my will, but your will be done. He said, my food is to do the will of my father in heaven. And then in eternity future, many of us don't realize this, the Son will surrender all that he has to the Father. So in eternity past, Jesus surrendered. In in, in earthly present, he surrendered. And in eternity future, he's going to take all the kingdoms, the kingdom of Jesus, the kingdom of Christ, and he's going to surrender it to the Father. He's going to take all that he has, which is everything in the universe, all that he has gained, and he's going to surrender it all. And because he does that, what's the reward? He has a name that's above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue confess. Surrender to win. It's God's way. Now, there's many ways to surrender, but only one way to surrender in. So I want to end with this. Here's five different choices you're going to have in the weeks to come. First of all, non-surrender. Start at the bottom. Non-surrender. Non surrender is where you say you surrendered with your lips, but with your life, with your life, and in your heart, you haven't surrendered. Non surrender. Number two is half surrender. Half surrender is where you say, okay, lesson two, I'll surrender that. Lesson three, no. Lesson four, we'll negotiate that. Lesson five, okay, I'll surrender. That's, ha- that's half surrender. Double minded. And basically, I'll surrender whatever I've already surrendered, and whatever I haven't surrendered, I won't surrender. Number three is once surrender. I love this one. Once surrender is this. You did it once so you could say you did. Oh, I, I, you know, anytime you, I, it's, I, I love it when you talk to people about spiritual things. Oh, I did that when I was a kid. Well, I'm not. Ta- you're not a kid anymore, and I'm not talking to you as a kid. Do you believe in Jesus? Oh, I did that as a kid. No. Uh, what about now? Okay. Surrendered. Oh, I did that at youth camp. Oh, I made a Romans 12, 1 and 2 decision. I, I, I gave everything. I did that. I, I'm free of that now. Once surrendered. Number four is total surrender. That's the only kind of surrender that counts. And how do you know if I've totally surrendered? Number five, continual surrender. Total surrender in the past, continual surrender. And whatever you surrendered in 2012, that's great, but 2013 is going to call for more surrender. So, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make your path straight. So, here's the question. What did you not surrender in 2012 that you need to in 2013? What are you bringing into 2012 that should have been left in 2012? That Lord wants you to surrender. And then think about this. Think about your life and think. Now, think about every time you ever surrendered to God and the kind of results, the kind of reward, the kind of blessing. Maybe not on the outside, but on the inside that you got from God. In light of what we learned, surrender is not only a good choice, it's the wisest choice. Okay? Are you ready to surrender to win? Let's do it. In the weeks to come, we're going to find out. Now, it's going to get... It's going to get difficult in the weeks to come. But we're going to work through it, not avoid it, deflected by it, or give up by it. Let's pray. Father, we come, and we are so thankful that we can see life from your perspective, in your word, and that you give us your spirit as that inner GPS to direct us in the way we should go. I pray for each person here. First of all, I pray that you would bless them for coming on the first Sunday of the year, to see life from God's perspective, from your perspective. And then, Lord, I pray that you would give us those seven results, those seven rewards in the weeks to come, and that we would surrender to win. Lord, some of us have been broken and hurt from this past year, and we're limping into the new year. But, Lord, we can still surrender that limp. We can surrender that hurt, and we can be winners on the other side of it. I pray Your blessings, your happiness on each individual here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you want to get into